You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last time. We hope we're a couple of weeks away from camp's opening. Based on last week's episode, if you listen, we're still on KD and Kyrie watch, and I think that's going to go on for a while. With now Mitchell from Utah supposedly on the market, maybe, uh, I don't know, they're going to have to put two or three teams together to, to get this done. Uh, the Knicks' potential landing spot for Mitchell with all their assets that they have. I know Miami's going to want, you know, one of these guys, whether it be KD or Mitchell, but, you know, assets, are they going to have to gut their team to get the one guy? I mean, it's kind of cutting off your nose despite your face, but uh, we'll see. So, NBA stuff, I know we typically talk about football here, but uh, we got some basketball news. And, they're, you know, superstar-type players. I guess KD's really the only superstar. The other guys certainly are stars. But in terms of football, we'll be hitting, uh, well, a little last of first. Some breakout players uh, we're looking at for this coming season. And then we'll talk about one underrated team at the end and uh you know you guys can kind of ponder that as we as we begin so alex last of first um eight divisions obviously it's a lot different than it used to be when there were six divisions and you had to jump a bunch of teams so now even though you come in fourth it sounds like a big deal to go from fourth to first but in a lot of cases it's not so what uh, who you got and uh what do you like i'm gonna go with the denver broncos low I know it's the toughest division in football, the AFC West, and you've got the Chiefs, you've got the Chargers. The Chiefs have ruled this division for a while. The Chargers are knocking on the door, and Justin Herbert still needs to get into the playoffs. But Denver Broncos added a very big asset. They finally have a quarterback that they can count on, all right? They've tried and tried and tried with Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater. It just didn't work. Now they add a Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson has more weapons, in my opinion, on this team with the Broncos than he had in all of his time with the Seahawks, in my opinion. Because I think he can finally make Corton Sutton into a star. I think he's got a good, you know, good tight ends on the roster. I don't know what's going to happen with Jerry Judy, but they still have KJ Hamler. They have a good offensive line. I think they've got a very underrated back and second-year pro Javante Williams. So Russell Wilson is not Russell Wilson is not going to have to do it all by himself. And they have a great defense, Lou. And this is what it comes down to. I mean, you've got one of the best secondaries in the NFL period with Justin Simmons, with Patrick Sertain. You added Randy Gregory in the offseason and free agency. You still have Bradley Chubb. The Denver Broncos are loaded. The only thing is, I wish they would have played in a different division. So it's really tough to go against the Chiefs and the Chargers, like I've stated before. But I believe in Russ, and I believe in that team. They've got a new head coach, who I think is going to be clicking with Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett. And I just, I'm a believer in the Denver Broncos here. They went seven and ten last season. I think they're winning this division. They're a team most likely, in my opinion, to go from last to first. 
Well, you talked about the other teams in the division, but not the Raiders. No love for the Raiders, huh? Bay Area dude, come on now. Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean, I think they have every opportunity. I think I don't think it would be a shock to anyone if any of those teams win that division or any of those teams finish fourth, quite frankly, because, again, they're going to be beating each other up. And obviously the teams at the top are playing other uh, division champions and so forth. So it's going to be tougher. And that's just a general statement across the league. So any first place team from last year is going to be playing a little bit tougher uh, schedule. As far as the Broncos are concerned, the only the, the one thing that really concerns me is that every kind, everybody's kind of, I shouldn't say everybody, but you hear a lot of just penciling in their weapons as these great players that all they need is a quarterback to unlock them so it's hard to to just project okay now all of a sudden you know Jerry Judy's going to become this great player Cortland Sutton's going to become this great player now they have all the potential in the world and again first year head coach new quarterback you know getting getting the the chemistry and getting kind of the feel for everybody but as I look at it only they, being the Broncos, and the team I'm going to talk about, the Ravens, are the only two that really have a shot. I mean, you're looking at, uh, are, the, are the Jets really going to overtake uh, the Bills, right? Uh, are the Jags going to win their division? The Giants? The Lions? Carolina? Seattle? I mean, it, it's pretty nuts to think that any one of those could do it, but there's a pretty good chance one of them will. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, Lamar is making a huge bet on himself. The chip on his shoulder just seems to be growing. Um, we don't know if the Ravens have made... Reports are that supposedly they're trying to make him an offer. Or, you know, Lamar's not coming to the table. You know, if they really wanted to sign him and give him a lot of money, they would have done it already. That aside, last year, with all the injuries they had, they were still 8-9. and nine. Four losses by a combined five points. So they were still in a lot of close games, uh, even with Lamar missing time and all their running backs, it seemed like, all their defensive backs. I mean, it was just a mash unit in most cases. Now this year, I'm looking at their schedule. Because they're a fourth place, they have six games against the Falcons. Jacksonville, the Giants, the Jets, Washington, and Carolina. Now, if they're healthy, they're going to be massive favorites in those six games alone, let alone you know some of the divisional games. We don't know what's going to happen with the with the Browns and Deshaun. Uh, now, granted, you know the Steelers, you know question mark a quarterback as well, but Cincinnati and uh, you know Cincinnati is going to be no joke as far as that goes in their division. So that those are going to be some tough games. But but I really like them if, again, they're healthy. So Linderbaum, you know, they, they draft him, and he's probably going to walk in as their starting center. Ronnie Stanley comes back off of injuries. The DBs hopefully are going to be healthy. They bring in Marcus Williams and Kyle Fuller. They drafted Kyle Hamilton. Hopefully, again, Humphrey and Peters are healthy for most of the year. The running backs, my goodness, to Dobbins and Edwards if they get them back. So a lot of question marks and a lot centers around health, but I'm going to go with them and I'm going to bet on Lamar betting on himself and they have a big year. Now, 
again, getting past Cincinnati is not going to be easy. Even winning games against, you know, against Pittsburgh and Cleveland isn't going to be easy. But I got to believe, looking at this bunch, to me, Ravens have the best chance to do it. All right. I mean, obviously, I mean, the, the Ravens usually are a team that's in the playoffs every year. And last year they missed it. So it makes sense. I mean, you put the two and two together. You expect kind of the, the Bengals to take a step back possibly. And then, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, what are they going to do with that quarterback situation? It's probably going to take a little time. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. The only thing is they got to get the contract done because Lamar is, is not going to be happy. Right. I, you know, it's it's so fascinating because there's no agent. Right. I mean, usually if there's an agent, you know, they'll start negotiating. They'll draw, you know, drop some nuggets out there and you kind of see where it's at. But you, it, it, you have no idea. You had this kind of Twitter spat the other night. Former Raven Bernard Pollard went went off a little bit against Lamar and about the money and. Uh, and then he comes back today and he was, you know, on some other show and kind of walked it back a little bit, but praised Lamar for his play and everything else, but he's just it just doesn't it doesn't add up. That not having an agent in this case, I think, is going to hurt him. Um because again, it's hard to negotiate with the owner or the GM when you've got the player sitting right there, and they start and they start discussing negatives or maybe some things that maybe the team doesn't want to invest in, and the player sitting right there. I mean, there could be some very hurt feelings at a certain point, even if they do come to terms. But he's going to get a lot of money. It's just really a matter of how much. But it is fascinating that he's coming at this again without an agent and just, you know, again, going to be looking for, I would imagine, a Deshaun Watson type of deal, right? Uh, I would assume so. I would assume so. I mean, that's that's going to be the type of money. I mean, that's that's the market. That's where it is right now, Lou. I mean, the Ravens have got to lock him up. I mean, obviously, he's become a much better quarterback than I think most people would anticipate. He came into the league as a running guy, and now look at him now. You know, look at what he's doing. So they can't possibly let him go. So here it is. You know, I, I hope he's they get most, it done. He's certainly most valuable to their team, right? I mean, they built that offense for him, around him. Everything that he gets slammed for as far as running and so forth, you know, it, that's just part of their DNA. It's in his DNA. I don't know if there's many teams out there that want to play that way or commit a, a bunch of money to somebody that runs as much as he does, right? So, again, yeah, it, it almost has to happen with the Ravens or, you know, there's going to be a franchise tag and, you know, you would think. And then perhaps, you know, he, he hits the open market. That would be really interesting to see see you know what teams would step up and again change the way they play in order to you know, facilitate Lamar being the best version of Lamar. But let's see what the Ravens do. I'm sure they want to lock him up. He is their team, and that's that's kind of where they're going. So let's talk about some breakout players. Uh, I've got a few here. And again, I'm taking it more from a fantasy perspective just because I'm killing two birds with one stone. But I, I want to hear one of yours first, Alex, just because I'm sure it's coming from a more pure standpoint and may even include some defensive players. Putting me on the spot, huh? 
No, I'm actually, with this case, I'm going to go with an offensive player, Lou. Um, nice. Yeah, I, right. I, I'm actually probably going to take the, where you're going to go because I know how much you like wide receivers. Yeah, I just, actually, all three of my guys, all three of my breakout <laughs> players are offensive players. Are wide, so, oh, just, off, whoa. Yeah, so you just. All right, gang, this is this is real reactions here to, uh, you know, we typically do this without any collaboration before we come on. It's just to try to get a little bit more reaction out of it. And, uh, of course, you got mine there. I am, I'm a little surprised. I'm very surprised, actually. And it's actually tying with your Baltimore Ravens theme. I mean, you mentioned that you believe this team is highly likely to go from last to first. So I'm going to go with the wide receiver that I think is is going to break out for Lamar Jackson. And that's Rashad Bateman. I just think, you know, there's a reason why Marquise Brown was let go. Because they have a replacement in-house. I think they have Rashad Bateman in 12 games four games he started last season. The first round pick hauled in 46 receptions for 515 yards and one touchdown. And he came off the IR like sometime in October, like mid-October. So it took him a little while to get going. And I just think there's a reason why the Ravens chose him with that number one, with that first round pick. And I think he's ready to come into his own and become a big time playmaker for Lamar Jackson. Obviously, you know, the tight end is, is still going to be the central part. You know, Mark um, Andrews is still going to be the number one wide receiver on that team. And uh, the Ravens loaded up on other tight ends in the draft. But I think Bateman is going to become a huge part of that passing offense. And so he's my number one breakout player for 2022. I like Bateman. I liked him coming out of Minnesota. You know, it's just hard when you look at the wide receiver position and the Ravens, because they ask them to do so much in the running game that I think, you know, it does take away from the passing game. And you mentioned uh, Hollywood Brown leaving. And I, I am guessing that was a lot of the reason is that, you know, he's like a deep threat. I mean, he, you know, he wants, he wants to go get it right. I mean, he's not, he doesn't want to be a blocker and uh, but Bateman's a big dude. And if Lamar is, that's the only concern about me, th- you know, looking at them again, going from worst to first is that does he does it get in his head that in order to, he thinks that in order to get the biggest money that he has to prove that he can do everything from the pocket that these other guys can do that are getting the big money. And yeah, so let's see. But I love Bateman as a player and he has every opportunity. He was on my short list. Um, I had a receiver as well. It's kind of an obvious one, and I didn't go too in-depth with it, but I'll throw him out there anyway as Gabriel Davis for Buffalo. Um, Manuel Sanders is gone, retired, or wherever you know whatever he's doing, but he's no longer with the Bills. And Davis, I mean, he's had maybe his second or third coming out party against the Chiefs in the playoffs, and that's kind of what everybody remembers. Like, oh, my God, again, it was the Chiefs' defense. It was late in the game. Everybody was gassed. But this guy is the real deal, I believe. And at, um, I think at 210, he's come into camp or at least into OTAs at 227 pounds. So he's kind of bulked up a little bit. Maybe that uh, opens up his red zone a bit, uh, 
opportunities, if you would, because you know you got Dawson Knox, you've got Allen's running ability, you've got Diggs, but if you've got a, a bigger second receiver and Diggs is getting a lot of that defensive coverage, maybe Davis picks up some more touchdowns that way as well as his vertical game. So that was certainly one that uh, that I would look for. Maybe it was an obvious one, but I, I like his game a lot, and I think you know the Bills are just going to be a machine. All right, my other player, I'm going to have to go with the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, and that's Trevor Lawrence. All right, I just, last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars were a mess under Urban Meyer, and the number one overall pick struggled. And I think he's poised for a breakout sophomore season. I mean, last year, he went 3-14 and as a starter, He threw for like over 3,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, 32 sacks. I think with Peterson coming on board, I think he's going to develop the 22-year-old Trevor Lawrence and show the entire world why the Jacksonville Jaguars chose him number one overall. I just think this is kind of going to be a monumental rise for Trevor Lawrence, like Peyton Manning's rise after his struggles as a rookie with the Indianapolis Colts. I think he's got, you know, more weapons this year. He's got Travis Etienne back. They signed Christian Kirk. I just think, you know, they have something cooking there. And I think the the system, the offensive system, is going to be more quarterback friendly and more designed to fit his strengths. And that's why I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely one of those breakout players this season. All right, well, I'm going to stick uh, in Jacksonville. Guy didn't play last year. Same school as Trevor, Travis Etienne, man. Uh, should be completely healthy after being shut down all last season with the Liz Frank injury in his foot. Uh, he was a full go in OTAs. Couple that with the fact that James Robinson tore an Achilles late last season. Don't know if he's going to be you know good to go at the beginning, so he's going to get a lot more opportunities in the backfield. The breakaway speed, uh, the ability as a pass catcher. Now I don't know how much volume they're going to throw at him. They don't want to you know beat him up completely. You know waiting for Robinson to come back, so they'll probably spread it around a little bit. But still, the the breakaway ability that he has with a lot of things that you just mentioned, the Doug Peterson offense, the familiarity with Trevor Lawrence. Um, they added Brandon Scherf to the offensive line, so that should be a little bit better as far as protections and also the running game. So I'm going Travis Etienne, and who would have thought coming into this segment that uh, two, two of the breakaway players are coming from Jacksonville, of all places. All right, one final guy for me is uh, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. I'm going to go with the tight end, Pat Fryermuth, um, the Penn State product. He had a good season. He had a good season as a rookie, uh, Lou. I mean, he played in 16 games. He drew nine starts. He had caught 60 receptions for 497 yards and seven touchdowns. But he shared most of his time with Eric Ebron for the first half of the season. And I just think this year his snaps are going to go up and his statistics are going to skyrocket. And especially with Trubisky a quarterback, with Kenny Pickett a quarterback, Fryermuth is going to become like the quarterback's best friend. And I just think, you know, the sky is the limit for this hulking tight end. He's got a large catching radius. He's got good hands. And he's a big-time red zone target. I think the Steelers, there's a reason why they chose him really high. 
And I think during his second year, this guy's ready to break out and just establish himself as one of the best tight ends in the game. You know, the fans love him because at what I guess what used to be Heinz Field, they still chant Heath when they when Fryermuth makes a play. I guess the homage to Heath Miller. But yeah, I mean absolutely. I've got a tight end here too, but Fryermuth certainly would be ahead of him if we're looking at, at fantasy abilities and fantasy production. But this guy went a little a little deep on and I, I went a little deep last year with a tight end. Didn't work out so well, Ferkser in uh, in Tennessee. But I'm gonna go with the guy Notre Dame guy, Cole Komet from Chicago. Uh, last year, he had like 60 receptions, 612 yards, but he was targeted five and a half times a game. That's with Jimmy Graham on the team. Well, Jimmy's gone, so he'll be uh, not vulturing uh, red zone opportunities from Cole Komet. So maybe if he scores a few touchdowns, that production goes up and fantasy points will go up. And uh Everybody knows their wide receiver group is not very good. I mean, outside of Darnell Mooney, uh, you know, they bring in Byron Pringle. Uh, who else? You got Pettis, Equinemius St. Brown. They, they drafted the 25-year-old out of Tennessee, which I like, Vilas Jones. But again, he is a rookie. And again, this is a tough offense to watch. But for the tight end position, much like uh, I think with you going Friermuth with Pittsburgh with kind of question marks at quarterback, I think it, it kind of same along the same lines here uh, with Chicago. Because again, you don't have a dominant wide receiver taking a lot of targets. So I think Komet uh, they've always, always recruited that position well at Notre Dame, and these guys tend to be somewhat productive in the NFL. So given those opportunities, uh, Justin Fields may have a new best friend in Cole Komet. I like it. I mean, the thing is, you and I disregarded defense altogether, well, I do usually, but yeah, okay. <laughs> no, we both did in this case. I guess we focused more on fantasy, and I guess we focused more on offensive players because, I mean, I actually thought that you would go with one defensive player. I actually did, but we, you thought we I was going to go with a, are, all three. Yeah, I, thought, I, I figured with three guys, two of them would be on defense uh, for sure. But we are a full-service show here. We're not just talking about reality. We're talking about fantasy as well. Uh, if I was gonna throw in a defensive, uh, and I'm gonna get called, you know, I'm gonna get called a homer here. But as far as a defensive player, I'm really expecting big things from Bolton, the linebacker from Missouri uh, with the Chiefs, coming into his second year. He's gonna be the green dot guy uh, with the honey badger moving along to New Orleans. I uh, change his number, actually change his number to 32. Same as the Honey Badger. So uh, he's kind of taken that to heart. And with the kind of completely revamped linebacking core they have there uh, in Spagnola's defense, if things break the right way, he's smart. He's a little faster than people expected, makes a lot of tackles. He's going to be calling the signals. Yes, our man Bolton, number 32 for the Chiefs. So there you go. I'll, th I'll give you a defensive player only because I know him. 
I like it. I mean, you can make a case that he was already a, he already became a. He had a good. He had a good year. He did. He did. But I think he's going to be. I, he's going to be an exceptional player. I think. I. I really have a good feeling about him, and he's going to, you know, come into his own. I mean, with Hitchens gone, uh, you know, yeah, I think he he has to step up. So this is the opportunity. So he's got to make make do here. All right. So I think over the next few weeks, we'll take a look at some underrated teams as we go. Uh, this week, under the spotlight, will be, uh, I mean, to me, the Minnesota Vikings is a team that not many people are talking about. Uh, they made their new hire at, at uh, head coach late. Uh, obviously, Kevin O'Connell was, was coaching with the Rams, so they had to wait for him. Uh, but I think that's going to make a huge difference to them. Another one of these teams was 8-9, and nine, right? Just like Baltimore was, and they lost a lot of close games. With a defensive coach, with just, I think, a voice that maybe uh, Zimmer, I don't want to say he lost the locker room, but I think maybe the message was a a little stale. So again, breath of fresh air, offensive-minded head coach. If Thielen's, you know, obviously they need him to be healthy. They need Dalvin Cook to be healthy. They've got Justin Jefferson, who, I mean, arguably is, you know, the best wide receiver in the league. Top three for sure, maybe not the best, but again, you can make an argument. He's on his way. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. So they, they have some weapons, K.J. Osborne, and they've made some additions to, to the defense. They bring in Zadarius Smith. Uh, as I mentioned, the losses by three or less, I mean, they were in games with Cincinnati, in games with Arizona, with Baltimore. Uh, Detroit, you know, division game. Detroit wasn't very good, but again, you know, a close game that they lost. The Again, they still have the Bears twice. They still have Detroit twice. They play Washington. They play the Jets. They play New England. They play the Giants. So, again, the schedule isn't that prohibitive. It looks like maybe Green Bay takes a little step back. So, I don't know. This this could be a sneaky team. What do you think? I'm worried about their defense, to be honest with you. I just think that the offense is going to be exciting. I have no doubt about it. I mean, with Dalvin Cook and and those wide receivers that they have, and now they've got a new head coach who's, who brings in an, an exciting offense. But what about the defense? They don't have, you know, Zimmer anymore. No. They just they do they don't. And the, the defense wasn't very good, like, even the past, like, couple of years from what we're, we're used to. Also... There's also a switch to a 3-4 defense from what I understand. The Vikings were primarily a 4-3 defense under Zimmer, and now they're switching to a 3-4 team. I just don't think they have the personnel for it, Lou. And, I I mean, I just, where's where's the pass rush going to come from? I mean, are you hoping? Well, the key is going to be the health. Yeah, the, the the health of Daniil Hunter. That's that's number one. They brought they brought in Zadarius Smith. Now, obviously, you know Dalvin Tomlinson isn't a pass rusher, but again, just kind of eat up a, a bunch of plays from the nose tackle position. Maybe take a, a little a, a little edge off there. 
But, you know, again, these free agent acquisitions, the the draft, Jordan Hicks at linebacker, let's see, you know, what he can do now, you know, out of Arizona. Uh, they've got the safety position looks pretty strong with Harrison Smith and now Lewis Seen from, from Georgia. Let's see, you know, again, if he can make some plays as, as a rookie. Now, granted, no, it's not going to be a great defense, I don't believe, but I think it's going to be good enough to keep them in some of these games to where the offense really has to shine and do their thing. So, you know, are they going to be, uh, you know, a contender? Maybe not, but I certainly think they should be back in the playoff conversation. And again, I mean, according to DraftKings, their over-under number is nine, which, you know, is kind of a 50-50 team. But I believe they, they've got a chance here to win 10 or 11 games. So I, I would, I'm would i looking it over for them. Two more concerns for me. The secondary, Harrison Smith is a good player, but he's 33 years old. And also, they brought back Patrick Peterson, but he's just he's nowhere close to being the same player that he you know once was. Um, so, you know, Patrick Peterson is back. Uh, you know, Patrick Peterson got signed by the Vikings, but he's not the same player that he once was. I worry about their secondary. They spend a lot of picks on the secondary under Mike Zimmer, but none of them, none of them really worked out like in the last few couple of years. So I also think, Lou, I can't trust Kirk Cousins. Like, with all due respect. <laughs> well, again, I like we're, Kirk we're not Cousins. saying he's going to take over Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to take, I mean, he's not going to, but he's a guy that is productive, right? And a guy that's not going to turn the ball over a lot. No, he's not going to make any, you know, out, out of worldly plays that, again, launches you into that upper echelon. But is from the weakness of the NFC, because basically you got the Rams, you got the Bucks, maybe the Packers. I think the Packers are still going to be up there, but everybody else has question marks. So that's kind of where where I'm going here with this. But yeah, I mean, you no, know, Cousins isn't going to be you know a great player. I don't. No, he's Good not enough, a great though. player. But even with that offense, I just worry about him in the big games. You know, when it comes down to crunch time. Like, to get into the playoffs. Like, he was never an upper echelon quarterback. I liked him coming out of college. And he's an above-average quarterback. But he has just never been, like, the guy to take you to the promised land or to take the Vikings over the hump, get you into, you know, the the NFC Conference Championship game. I'm really critical of this. I don't think the Vikings are going to be good. I'm going to take a stand, Lou. I think they won five or six games next season. I'm not All buying right. it. I think they can't stop anybody. I don't care if they have a good offense. I think that defense is going to struggle mightily. And I understand what you're saying. Like, with the schedule, it's not. It's an easy one to begin with. But you still have a rookie head coach. And that's going to be a tough task, to be honest with you. Kevin O'Connell, by the way, wasn't a good quarterback to begin with in the NFL. I know he's a better head coach and a better offensive coordinator than he is, but he certainly didn't make Bill Belichick proud when they took him with that third-round pick from San Diego State, and then Kevin O'Connell was coaching you know, quarterbacks like three or four years later. So, hey, I've, I've got big question marks about the Vikings. Okay, well, I, yeah, I mean, typically you don't see a lot of ultra successful quarterbacks go into the, the the coaching realm right or if they have 
it, it it's it's rare that they are very successful at it because again, just like any other sport, usually it's that super super superstar is going to be it's going to be hard for them to coach guys that aren't that good, right? Or that he has to elevate. But what I would say is that because of the way that the league it continues to slant towards offense, the offensive minded coaches tend to do a little bit better. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. And a lot of cases, guys are just built more to be a coach versus to be a, a great player. So that I digress as far as that goes. But I, I'm still looking. I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at teams that have an opportunity, especially in the NFC. And I think I think they're underrated right now. So if everybody was talking about it, they wouldn't really be in this position. Or if, if Kirk Cousins was everything to everybody, no, they wouldn't be in this position of being underrated. And so there are underrated for a reason, but I think there's a chance there based on what they've put together and the schedule they play, the division that they're in, the conference that they're in, that they can overachieve and you know, perhaps contend for that playoff spot. Not the division. I don't know that they contend for the division, but I certainly think they can contend for a wild card spot in the NFC. All right. My underrated team is the Indianapolis Colts. I just, I want to start with the division that they play in. They've got Jacksonville, Houston, and the Tennessee Titans that I believe have gotten worse. So I think the Colts have a very good shot, not only to be an underrated team and make the playoffs, but win that division. Here are the reasons why. Number one, they've got the best running back in football in Jonathan Taylor. They've got a, a a good offensive line. And I think Matt Ryan, even though he's not the same quarterback that he once was that, that took the Falcons to the Super Bowl, um, you know, five years ago, he's still going to be better behind that offensive line. He's a veteran quarterback that knows how to get it done in those critical fourth quarter situations where Carson Wentz fell short. Matt Ryan is going to be the seventh consecutive starting quarterback to play for the Colts. All right, when they kick off their season on the road versus the Houston Texans. It's a very interesting number. I think Frank Reich finally has his quarterback that he can trust. I think Michael Pittman is going to take a step up and become that number one wide receiver for them. I also want to remind everyone, you included, Lou, that the Colts defense finished as a top 10 unit last year. And, you know... Yannick Ngakwe has been signed. Uh, Quiddy Pay played better. Uh, in the secondary, they added Stephon Gilmore. And I just think that, you know, their defense certainly hasn't gotten worse, and I think it's going to carry the day. So the running game, a good defense, and a veteran quarterback with a good offensive line. To me, that signals success right there, especially in the AFC South, the division that they play in. So I think Frank Wright goes back into the playoffs in 2022. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And but and I think they're the odds-on favorite to win that division. So I don't know if I would put them as an underrated team. Uh, they're currently, at, I guess, at 10 as far as their over-under wins go. And I think the highest is Tampa Bay with 11.5, the Bills at 11.5, the Packers at 11, and so down 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 the list yeah I mean I I thought they would win the division last year 
so with better quarterback play and like all those pieces that you mentioned and some of the additions they made, I think they're a really, really good team. Uh, now, it is the AFC, so I don't know how far they go. But in terms of that division, it's just, yeah, I mean, Tennessee certainly you would think now, again, it, it may not, but, you know, you lose A.J. Brown, you're, you're almost expecting a rookie to take over, you know, all those targets and so forth. So that may not work out so well. This whole thing with, with Tannehill, you know, is he feeling comfortable being the starting quarterback right now when they, they bring a rookie in behind him? Well, again, granted, it wasn't a first-round pick, but again, there's going to be some question marks there. You don't know what's going to happen with Jacksonville. Uh, certainly Houston's still got a long way to go. So, God, I mean, I would Indy's got to be the odds-on favorite to win that division. I like them a lot. I, I'm with you there for sure. Um, so to I don't me, know how, the under, why, how me, underrated they are, but they, they're, they're really good. To me, they're an underrated team because they missed the playoffs last year. And I just think that, you know, I'm looking at it from that standpoint. I just think okay. that the pieces that they have there, they have to be able to bounce back and, and be a better team. That's why I think that they're underrated. I still think that they're flying under the radar in that regard. And I still, still believe that the Tennessee Titans are the odds-on favorite to win that division just because of what they've done under Vrabel. I just I, I would go with the Colts. I would put my money on it. And, and see, I would agree you, with you. you. In think, the, yeah, in the conf in the conference, they certainly would. I think may uh, be viewed as underrated because you've got so many teams to choose from, right? I mean, you've got the entire AFC West, the AFC North. Again, again, it all hinges on Deshaun Watson. You know how good is he when he does eventually come back? The rest of the roster can be debated. Is it Super Bowl ready? A lot of people think so. Some people are like, well, maybe not so much. But the Bengal, the Bengals are the team that you think they just came from the Super Bowl, and and there that's a team that actually we'll probably talk about in the coming weeks as far as being underrated because nobody's talking about them. Is hey, they got. This is a really good young team, and they're just getting better. They they fixed the offensive line. So as far as Indy is concerned, you don't talk about them till you talk about all those teams as well as Buffalo because they're I, again I would say they're at the top of that list if you're talking about AFC teams. So yes, from that perspective, Indy underrated within the conference, and I think they would have a chance to make some noise if they win the division, get get a home playoff game. You, you, Every characteristic you said is built to win in the playoffs that you said that they have. So, absolutely. So, yeah, from that perspective, I would say, yes, underrated in the AFC. I think we'll continue. Lou and I will continue to talk about, you know, some more underrated teams as the summer goes on once we get to training camp. And I think we'll we'll continue to expand this topic a little bit more as far as the NFL is concerned. Absolutely. And like I said, in the AFC, Cincinnati right there. Again, they're, they're coming from the Super Bowl. Everybody's thinking about the yeah, the Super Bowl loser, the Super Bowl hangover, all this. I don't know. I think they're really young and they're just they're just scratching the surface. So that is going to do it for us this week, folks. Thanks for uh, tuning in. A lot of options out there. I know that for sure. Uh, hit the subscribe button when you get the opportunity. And uh, we will be back next week. So for Alex, I'm Lou. Till then, peace.